Welcome to BIV Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. The pandemic, as we know, disrupted many activities, and one of them, somewhat strangely, was our charitable giving. It has hit a 20-year low in this country. But an area in which they haven't declined is uh, in the field of donor-advised funds, in which there is a much more active role in how one's funds are used. One such fund, Charitable Impact, recently crossed the $1 billion mark in donations faster than any other Canadian fund has. And I want to talk today about why these types of funds have come into vogue with the CEO of Charitable Impact, John Bromley. He joins me now. Good to see you. Hi, thanks for having me. Appreciate you uh, being taking interest in the topic. Well, it, it, it is a fascinating topic because, I mean, very clearly, Canadians um, got, got a little um, cold on the idea of charitable giving in the last couple of years, despite the fact that they could see more and more needs around. Um, what do you ascribe that to? Well, I describe I describe it to two two things actually. One big thing is uh, where do you go to learn about charitable giving? Mm-hmm. The second thing right. I would describe it to is um, if you are a donor, if you're interested in it, where do you go to? get objective giving advice. I mean, where do you go to find someone who's really willing, willing to work with you from where you're at, regardless of what charities you you care about? I mean, most Canadians, and Canada's a pretty generous country. I mean, most Canadians who yep. give, give when they're asked. Mm-hmm. And so the Donor Advised Fund is a tool that's built for donors. And it helps meet them where they're at and helps them take them to where do they want to go with their, with their charitable giving. Well, when you say it, it meets them where they're at, uh, how so? Well, whether well, at least with charitable impact, whether you're a big donor or a small donor, you can come in and you can establish your own donor advised fund, which is analogous to a bank account for charity. You can mm-hmm. put your money in. You can then take the time and space you need to get really comfortable and confident with what charities you're going to, you know, give that to. You can choose to maintain your anonymity if you like, if that's important to you, or you can share your name. And so, what the donor advised fund does is it is it it's really a, just a simply put, it's a tool built literally for the donor to help carry out their charitable giving. Um, not everyone who gives charitably necessarily needs to know everything about what they're going to do when they, when they make the commitment to give. And the donor advised fund allows them to do that. Just say, look, I'm going to commit first to giving some money away as budget for charitable purposes. And then I'm going to choose my charitable, you know, ch- charities of choice later, for example. So, so what do you think are the keys to this kind of success in an area where it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little harrowing to see what the numbers look like this year for Canadians and what, they, what their plans are? They, you, you've managed to find a, a sweet spot that keeps people giving. Uh, not to oversimplify it, but I think that when donors are... Um, when donors find a tool that's built for them that can scale with the amount of money they want to give to that gives them the, the flexibility to uh, choose any registered charity to manage and, and, and control their anonymity, even gives them options, for example, to transfer money to other people for them to give away. I mean, I've got two kids and I give my kids a charitable allowance each month uh, and, and then they log into their own account and decide what charities to give it to. So I, I, I think the success is really about recognizing that there's nowhere for donors to go 
to get objective tools or service that help them with their charitable giving, regardless of how much money they give away, regardless of how experienced they are or what charities they choose. And when you find that tool, uh, it's, it's, it, it just, it, what we actually find is that it helps engage people more deeply into charitable giving. They have a bit more fun with it. You know, uh, I'm not asking you to give away your, uh, your secrets here, but what do you think other entities can learn about why you're, you know, how to apply your successes to some of the things they do? Well, that's a really good question. If I could back up one step, I think it's important for donors to recognize that there's two things that happen when they make a charitable gift in the traditional way. First, they, they decide to part with their money. And second, they choose the charity that they want to give the money to, to create the impact that they want to see in community. So what I think charities on the fundraising side really need to focus on is helping clarify for donors how good they are at creating impact what specifically they do, right? And why they're good at carrying that out. So that donors feel confident with the choices that they're making. Confidence in the donor world is is pretty shaky. And I think that's one of the major reasons why we've seen a reduction in charitable giving over the last decade in in, in Canada. Fewer people giving money away and the people who are giving money away are giving away less. Um, And so we sit on the other side of that, right? We kind of act a little bit more like a charity bank where we just say, well, look, we're not here to tell you what a good charity is. We're here to support you in that process of finding out, in that process of you know, parting with your, your, your charitable money, taking the tax receipt, and then you know, giving people tools, including the time and space they need to, to, to find those charities, which, which you can do through research online, talking to friends. There's lots of mechanisms to, to find out uh, what good charities are. And there's a lot of very good, effective charities in, in Vancouver, let alone across Canada. Yeah, um, maybe a little bit off as a side topic here, but do you think that the attention given to the We Charity uh, soured some Canadians for a little while? I think that's a great question. Uh, it, I don't have a clear answer for you. What I can tell you is that like, when there's a lot of press given to something that is hard to understand and, and, and looks negative, uh, that, you know, it doesn't do much for Canadian confidence and charitable giving. You know, we don't see a lot of, you know, positive stories about, you know, charity just because, you know, charities run under the radar. They do so much work that, that, that goes unnoticed. Um, so, so, yeah, I, but I do think that, that, the, that those things cause confidence problems with donors. Um, the, the, the question for Canada and for, or, and for Canadian donors is, is that a reason to stop giving charitably or is it a reason to start looking at other tools and how to educate yourself on how to, you know, prevent those, to, if it was a mistake to give to we charity, yeah. I don't have a position on that, but if it was, you know, then, you know, how do you go about learning from that and how to prevent those types of things in the future? We want donors to feel confident about how they go about their, their decision-making, not unlike, I guess, an investment manager would say, we want you to feel confident in how you make decisions about your investments. Yeah. Uh- I mean, it sounds strange, but I wonder whether Canadians were just a little complacent um, or have been a little complacent in parting with money on the assumption that it's going to be really well used, that there's going to be fantastic activities, that it's going to have a huge impact. And that, you know, their 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 effort kind of stops when that check gets signed and posted or, or you know, online uh, gets transferred. Um, so it, our, 
is is one of the issues about charitable impact that it's it's kind of compelling donors to frankly mind mind their business properly um, and uh, and get uh, get more active with what it is that they're doing in this space for their own good. That's a, that's an absolutely wonderful observation. Um, um, saying back to you what I just heard using some of my own language, and one of the things I'd like to see and and and, and engage in conversation with Canadians about is like you know when you make a decision to give to a charity and it doesn't turn out well, is that the charity's fault or is that our fault as donors, right? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 not a clear line necessarily, right? But your your observation or comment or question that maybe you know should Canadians take more ownership over those decisions. My answer to that is 100% yes. And secondly, for, for what it's worth, the donor advised fund is the tool to help them do that. And frankly, it's why we started Charitable Impact as a donor advised fund, because there is nowhere for donors to go. So, you know, when you make a bad decision in the stock market, is that the company's fault or is it your fault for, for doing that? Well, there's a complicated scenario there that should be looked at, you know, diversification on all these things. But ultimately, it's on us as consumers to take uh, uh, responsibility for the decisions we make. And the more you do that, the easier it is to kind of look at a situation like we charity and go, you know what, like, I actually totally believed in those guys. And, you know, maybe I made some mistakes or maybe I gave them a little bit more and I should have spread my charitable donations out across other things. The other thing that's important is you can learn from these things. Last but not least, when you engage at this level of, you know, taking some personal accountability, taking responsibility, it's more fun and engaging, to be honest. Yeah. And yet uh, you're, you're staying neutral in this system, if you want to call it that, right? You're, you're not really providing people with um, a kind of batch of recommended charities or, you know, who's most in need or what can use the money most quickly and most uh, of greatest impact you're staying you're staying out of that was it somewhat tempting to get into that side of it the the actual advisory business in this one these are great great questions yeah uh is it tempting for me personally it's not tempting because my strengths are something closer to being a charity banker Right. Like the, the banks that we go to don't tell us what to do with our money, but they do give us the tools and support to make, you know, you know, informed decisions. So I personally have strengths there and, and charitable impact has adopted that model. The second thing that's that the, the question is to why, um, first of all, it's impossible to be a real professional, knowledgeable player on all the different causes in the charity sector. I mean, you know, advancement of education in itself is massive. Relief of poverty in itself is massive. The advancement of religion in itself is massive. And those are three of the four charitable heads in Canada, right? So, so, so you can't be a pro at it all. But the really important point is if you're there to serve the donor, you want to meet them where they're at and everyone's intrinsic interests are different, right? So like I'm motivated to advance religion. Well, I'm motivated to advance, to, to advance education. Those are two completely different donors who can be served by the same charity banking-like infrastructure, uh, but are necessarily going to be giving to different qualified donees or different um, recipient charities at the end of the day. And so it's once you get in and you can appreciate the value of the donor and everything that they play a part of in the, in the charitable ecosystem, um, it actually 
you don't get too tempted. In fact, you get a little bit worried about going away and trying to tell them what a really good charity is. In the same way that I think stockbrokers don't like to tell you exactly, here's the one you know, company that's going to succeed. And so put all your eggs in this basket because it's just unlikely to, to, to happen that way. No one actually knows. Yeah. Uh, one uh, interesting aspect uh, among many in, in, that I've noted with charitable impact is that you actually can create an investment account on all of this so that you, you basically, you know, you, you have a certain sum of money and uh, maybe you're not necessarily going to uh, rack up um, the, you know, the, the amounts of funds and all of this, but you're going to be able in a way to see this money grow a little bit. Um, how is that being applied uh, through, through this system? Is it, is there a, straightforward fund of some sort that it uh, attaches itself to and grows over the course of a year or two or three or however many years? Explain to me a little bit about how how an investment fund of this type works. What you just described is something we aspire to reach over the next couple of years. What you just described, as I heard it, was a place where if you have a little extra money in your donor advised fund, you can place it into a portfolio that we put forward and, and hopefully that grows to create more uh, assets for you to give away uh, charitably later. Uh, today, however, how we work is that you know people with who make larger donations can come in and recommend an investment advisor to work with us uh, with uh-huh. our investment you know guidelines uh, uh, to, so, 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 to 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 enable you know growth of the individual donor's portfolio. And as a result, the portfolio is tied to the donor's interests you know, within our investment policy guidelines at Charitable Impact. Um, and so why do we do that? There's a couple of important points. One is that people already have existing relationships with wealth managers, and we don't want to get in the middle of that. Those are trusted relationships. Secondly, we don't aspire to be investment managers. We aspire to be, you know, really good, you know, charity bankers to enable people to, to give their money away, you know, effectively over time. Uh, and so we don't try to do anything more than what we're really, really good at. Um, and what we actually find is that as more investment managers get involved helping their clients with their charitable giving, more money actually gets attracted to the sector. And so there's also a strategy there on behalf of the charity sector to try get more assets in, because when trusted advisors are talking to their clients about things that include charitable giving, I mean, it can also include retirement, uh, uh, you know, more people participate. And so our goal is to work with as many different financial advisors as possible to empower them to help their clients with charitable giving, where we act as the foundation or the, you know, what I'm referring to as, as something like a charity bank, right? Where we act as the tool to manage and, and uh, uh, th- th- those assets and, and to help the donor as liquidity is created in those assets to, to, to give that money away to the charities that they want to serve. You know, uh, um, last sort of area I want to explore, and it has to do with, the last Canada Helps report, which I think is a pretty comprehensive report on on uh, donations and activities and behaviors, I guess, in that space. Um, a couple of things are very worrisome. One is, of course, that in 2022, um, fewer people are saying they are going to donate uh, than they did in 2021. And 2021 was probably less than 2020 and 2019. I mean, we were on a bit of a decline here. Um, and then, of course, the other part of it is that about nearly two thirds of all charities have a little bit of a confidence issue going on right now and whether they can uh, be sturdy and sustainable. So what I wonder about in you in this space here, 
is it time now to to recognize that we've got our pro a problem here that this wasn't simply a creature of the pandemic and that maybe we're into something a little bit more chronic and serious and that maybe we need some policy shifts what's your take on all of this yeah first of all i don't think that the declining shareable giving is related to the to to, to covid uh mm. co you could argue that covid accelerated it um uh, but I don't think it's related to that. The decline in, in, in engagement, charitable giving as measured by people, you know, sending their tax receipts to, 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 to you know, as part of their tax returns uh, has been going on for pretty much, you know, 10 years or more. Right. So this is a continual decline. Uh, do I think it's time to ta start talking about it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. In fact, it's, it's, it's getting to be too late. What the do I think policy change? I don't think that policy is going to help here. You can't policize people into becoming charitable. Mm -hmm. What can you do? You can educate. Okay. So generosity is part of our nature, but knowing how to give charitably is not. So how do you take generosity, which is ultimately about helping create change in the world and the community around you and, and, and use charitable giving to, to, to create those ends. That's about education. I mean, I can go to school and learn math. I can go out into the community and find a soccer team to play for and, and learn about that. There's really nowhere you can go to, 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 to learn more about charitable giving. There's nowhere really to go with a few exceptions to, to, to be modeled in, you know, to, to see modeling of charitable giving and or to experience it on your own, regardless of what charities you choose. So um, I think one of the major problems here Kirk, is that charities themselves who carry out the activities on the ground are really about fundraising for themselves. And so while they benefit when there's a ton more donors in, in the space, their focus is on how do I make the experience best for a donor to give to us? Charitable mm -hmm. Impact is looking at it the other way. And it's sort of saying, how do we create an enabling environment for more donors to get engaged in giving, regardless of where they give to? And so our focus is on making the donation experience as good as possible for the donor, regardless of what charities they give to. And my personal hypothesis is that that will lead to more engagement. And when there's more engagement, there will be more money and then charities will have less of a sustainability problem, particularly the charities who are able to um, uh, validate the impact that they make on the causes that they, they care for on the ground. Uh, I, I wonder uh, if, if uh, this were uh, Amazon I was talking to in this space, whether there wouldn't be a recommendation engine um, very quickly emerging, right? Um, are you going to steer clear of a recommendation engine, or a, uh, so you give to you give to advanced education? Here's some ideas you might have. Uh, you might you might want to explore. No, we we won't steer clear of that. That's a great question. We won't steer clear of that. I'll come back to that. Tell you what, we will probably steer clear at least as so long as I'm um, CEO is is sort of the Google ads. You know, where where a charity can come and pay us a bunch of money to get their 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 charity at the top. I think we'll steer clear of that, even though we could monetize there. Um, but we won't steer clear of a recommendation engine because um, because we we do believe that when uh, that that discovering new charities is a big problem for donors, right? You know, do, did you know that like 
a huge amount, 75, 80% of the money in that's given away every year goes to 1% of charities. So, right. so is that yeah. because 99% of charities are bad and or crap or, or, and, and 1% are, are just super effective? Or is it because 1% are really effective at fundraising? My hypothesis is that 1% are really good at fundraising. And so donors aren't actually exposed easily to all the different you know, charities that, that, that are local in their neighborhood that take, that take care and solve problems that they care about. And discovery engines can help that. The problem with discovery engines is where do you get the data from? Uh, I, I won't belabor that, and maybe there's some trade secrets there. Although this is about public good, so those should be shared. But the complexity with the with the with the discovery engine is how to get the data into the machine to learn, so that recommendations that are sent to the um, to the donor are 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 are, are good. Uh, well, sure, because I, criteria are are subjective, right? Um, and you know what what matters to me. In, in a charity may be very different than what matters to the next person. And, you know, and yet the data will be telling us the same thing. Well, um, so not necessarily because it's a donor advised fund. So, you know, and we're entirely built on technology and have been since day one. So, so, so we can say, Hey, Kirk, here's the charities that seem to matter to you because of maybe these gifts that you've made and made in the past. And the, 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 I, I mean, I'm a donor and I use charitable impact. Uh, you know, I can be told something different because of, of how I distribute. Furthermore, as I start inputting data into the system about telling the system what I care about, you know, my answers are likely to be different from your, yours. And so the discovery engine isn't for everyone. The discovery engine isn't one discovery vehicle for, for everyone using charitable impact. It's actually custom to your own account and how you use it. Uh, and, yeah. and, and the other innovations, by the way, that can come from that I mean, I, I, I shouldn't call them innovations because it's just obvious is that like now you and I might determine that we both care about helping kids go to school in, in Vancouver, you know, we, you know, on a full stomach and, 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 and other people care about those same things. And we can come together uh, as a group, whether we know each other or not, and advocate more clearly for that, raise money more, you know, for it together and, and, and help each other understand what are the most effective charities. So I think there's a big social connection social network uh, uh, um, that will evolve out of charitable giving when there's a space for donors to play together and not just a space for donors to give to an individual charity and then find the next individual charity and then find the next individual charity and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a massive donor. Uh, I, I do what I can, but, uh, but I am always intrigued on who else is finding this charity in the way that I am. And, uh, and, and what do I, what do I need to learn about that? Uh, and all that. Um, la last area, I think people would be curious, like in the business model for charitable impact. You know, where, where are you making your money? Where, where's, you know, what's it coming from? In all of this. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, so, for people who have charitable investment accounts, we charge them fees, uh, right. and and so we we make money there. Uh, now, the benefit to them is that as their assets go up in value, their account has more money to, to, to give away, right? So they benefit from the return on investment and we charge them a fee. For our, 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 our non-investment account, what we call our impact account, which like a savings or checking account, okay, it's your cash account. Everyone at, at Charitable Impact has one. Uh, we actually don't charge you money there. Yeah, it's but, free, yeah. It's free, but the the but cash can sit in the system, and we keep the return on investment from that money. 
right now that's yeah. managed very principally protected and it's safe but but and so why do we do that the reason we do that is because what we know is that when you go into the world and particularly like relatively uneducated donation populace and you start to say like you know hey like let's charge you a bunch of money to use this thing you know the idea of charging money in charity is just you know it's like uh, oil and water right it's no no one yeah. likes that so so it's a really missional thing for us to make the donor advised fund free and accessible to every canadian who wants to be a donor mm-hmm. and so our focus on making money is in areas where we really add value uh, uh uh more obvious value i should say to the donor i mean we add a ton of value to anyone who has an impact account but we don't want to get into the battle about charging money there because it works against engagement with charitable giving and our mission is to increase engagement with charitable giving yeah okay well explained um well john it's a fascinating conversation congratulations on getting past that billion dollar mark that's uh that's that's a, a real milestone um and i want to thank you for your time today it's been good talking to you Thank you. Those are excellent questions. Appreciate your time as well. John Bromley is the CEO of Charitable Impact. I'm Kirk LePoint, publisher and editor-in-chief at BIV. Thanks a lot for watching. See you again.